Hey, Keith, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Fine. I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgers, Lakers, Patriots, and Rams podcast. I'm your host, Laura Antonio. Uh, today, we are going to preview for the MLB segment, the Diamondbacks and Rockies seasons. For the NFL segment, we will recap Super Bowl 53, and we will start doing our uh, off-season outlooks for the 2019 season, starting with my New England Patriots and your New York Giants. And for the NBA, we're just we're going to just talk about what's going to happen tomorrow in the All-Star game, draft, trade deadline talk, and all that. So first off, let's lead things off and talking about Super Bowl 53 with the recap. So what were your thoughts on Super Bowl 53? What were your favorite parts? Um, Well, my thoughts on Super Bowl 53 was the fact that uh, the most amazing thing about the whole game, in my opinion, was the fact that the furthest punt was uh, was set in the game um, by by Johnny Hecker. Um, listen, it was a great defensive game plan on both sides. Um, certainly in that regard, coaches came prepared. I think the big thing that really sticks out in my mind is, is a couple of things, and they both have to do with the Rams. Number one, and this has a little bit to do with uh, credit with the New England Patriots, Jared Goff looked incredibly overwhelmed. Um, they did exactly what I, you know, I said would be one of the keys to the game. You got to speed up his clock in his head, um, you know, force him to make illicit throws, both you know over the middle and down the field, and they did those things exactly. And um, n- number two, and I think everybody has this question: wh- where the hell was Todd Gurley for for three quarters of the game? I mean, you know, when this year when Todd Gurley has 19 or more touches, the Rams are undefeated, and you're gonna sit here and tell me that. Number one, he's not hurt, which I'm, I'm not 100% convinced of because if he was fully healthy, there's no reason why you have an offensive weapon like Todd Gurley sitting for half of the snaps. And number two, you know, say what you want about C.J. Anderson. I like him as a downhill runner, but you have to be able to mix in that side-to-side bounce speed. You also have Gurley with his ability to catch passes out of the backfield, and that, that's a big element. And, you know, the reasons why he was sitting – Half the snaps, you know, can be up for debate. I, I for one, think that he's not fully healthy. Um, that whole situation is completely beyond me. And, you know, as far as Tom Brady goes, he put together that that clutch drive at the end of the game. Great throw over the top to Gronk. And um, Sonny Michelle punched it in for the touchdown. And, you know, the Patriots, they – the Patriots flat out outcoached Sean McVay and the Rams. And, and, and that's just pretty much the way I look at it. I looked at it that way, too. I, I was wanting a more offensive battle game. I thought both defenses played very well, but – in the end, my AFC team won, but I mean, I think it could have been a high-scoring game for that. But I thought the bad part of the Super Bowl was that TV ratings went low. Yeah, and I, I can't really say that I'm 100 percent shocked by that. Um, just because you know you're gonna have a lot of there, there's two different types of people that are watching the game, right? There are people that are there are people that like football and they watch the game, but then there are football fans, and I think the football fans are the ones that really stayed in and tuned in to watch the whole game. You know, the people that. They, they like football and, and, you know, they were watching the Super Bowl thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's the greatest quarterback of all time versus, you know, one of the highest powered offenses in the NFL. I'm sure they were, you know, kind of thinking everybody was kind of thinking the same thing. You know, why isn't this a more high scoring game? And I think that's why the ratings were a little bit lower this year, um, which, I, you know, like I said, I'm not really 100 percent surprised about. But, um, you know, again, like, you know, like you mentioned, it, it could have been a higher scoring game. I wish it was. But, you know, in the end, it was an exciting close game. It was regardless of what happened. But you know what? Um, now we're heading into the offseason now. Now that this was a good Super Bowl for both teams. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions before we get to the Giants and Patriots offseason previews. So uh, we'll start off with the Patriots offseason preview. 
Um, I'll ask you a couple questions here. Do you see Trey Flowers receiving a contract, a, a franchise tag, and do you think Gronk and McCourty retire? Um, well, number one on Gronk, um, I, I definitely think he retires. Um, I think I mentioned that uh, in our podcast last week. I'm pretty sure that he's going to retire. He put out a really interesting quote um, before the Super Bowl, and I don't have it right here word for word, but basically to kind of, uh, to kind of paraphrase it, he was pretty much talking about how, you know, his body is, is worn down over the course of the season. And, you know, it's, it, it affects your mindset going into a game, the way that your body is constantly being worn down even more so now that he's older and he's had all of these surgeries and, and, and problems with his physical body. I believe and, and many believe that Gronk is going to, uh, you know, retire and, and probably go into some sort of form of entertainment, whether that be acting. Um, I've heard numerous links to him in the WWE, whatever the case may be. Um, Devin McCourty, I, I, I don't really see him retiring. Um, I, I still don't think he's done yet. I think he played an extremely good game in the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I think that he still has some good football in him left. Um, as far as Trey Flowers is concerned, that, that's a really interesting one for me because I think that, uh, you know, I, I take a look at the Patriots game plan in the Super Bowl, and he was, the, he was a part of the crux of that game plan, which is we're, we're going to really get after the quarterback. We're going to stifle their offensive line. The offensive line of the Rams was overwhelmed all game long, and Trey Flowers was a huge part of that. He put a ton of pressure on Jared Goff. And I think there's, you know, th- there's a couple of positions in football that, you know, when you have star guys like a Trey Flowers, there's a couple of positions in football that you need to extend. You extend a star quarterback, you extend offensive linemen, and you ex- extend a pass rush. So I think that, you know, Belichick and, and, and Kraft are smart in that regard to know that Trey Flowers is, is kind of a, um, a, a core piece, especially to that defense. And, you know, I, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't give him an extension. Will it be outrageous? No, because I don't think that really fits the Patriot way. But they, they should, without a doubt, give him an extension. Absolutely on that. But there was, there was also breaking news today that the Patriots replaced Brian Flores with Greg Schiano as their new defensive coordinator. And I think Greg is a, is a, is a good football coach. And I think his friendship with Bill Belichick speaks for itself and expect both of them to have a good chemistry when the new season starts. I do. I, I agree with you 100%. I like the signing. Um, you know, I, I think when you when you have a choice between a, a great guy and having to fit in a new system and a great guy and a guy that's already have, you know, some, some past relationships and some camaraderie in the room, I would choose the latter of the two. And um, obviously, Shiano is, like you said, he's a great football coach. Brian Flores will be missed, but I think he's going to, I think as far as Brian Flores is concerned, he's going to go down to Miami and hopefully turn that football program around. Yeah, hopefully on that. I think Brian Flores, I th- I'm sad that Brian Flores left the Patriots, but I'm very happy for Brian Flores. And I'll root for him as long as the Dolphins don't play, the, don't play uh, my Patriots. I'll yeah, I, the Dolphins yeah. if they play the Jets or the uh, Bills with Flores. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's going to he, – I think he'll do an excellent job down there. Um, obviously, they need to make some changes as far as quarterback is concerned. From what I've read, it looks as though they're going to move on from Ryan Tannehill. Now, whether they replace him with uh, – you know, whether they go out and get a Kyler Murray in the draft or, or they replace him with a Nick Foles, a free agent signing, whatever the case may be, you, you have a guy in, in Brian Flores who's been around a winning culture. He's clearly an incredibly smart football coach, and – you know, he's – I think that, you know, hiring a guy like him who's a good, solid guy and a smart football coach is going to, you know, lead to to good things for the Miami Dolphins. 
Absolutely. And then today I'll also reveal my mock draft to you and then we can you can reveal yours to me when we do our uh, mock draft show when it comes to the uh, 2019 NFL draft when that is like in the end of April. So I'll reveal that to you. But from what I have is um, I have the Dolphins trading places with your Giants and they move up to the sixth pick and the Dolphins get Dwayne Hoskins. Oh, God. Um, Oh, Lord. Wow. I hate the sound of that. I hate the sound of that. And not because I don't think it's realistic, uh, because it might be. Um, I think the simple fact of the matter is that, you know, if I'm a Giants fan, I, I can't wait. Well, I am a Giants fan. I, I can't really wait. Um, you know, I listen, I love the quarterbacks in next year's draft. You talk about a Tua. Um, I think Sam Ellinger out of Texas is a very underrated guy. Uh, Jake Fromm obviously has some ability and then, you know, you can wait a couple of years, maybe wait on a Trevor Lawrence to develop. But, um, you know, if you want to take these pieces that they have right now on the offensive side of the ball and push them in a, in a winning direction immediately, like they should have already done probably about two to three years ago, I, I think it starts with, you know, even if, even if the Giants want to trade up a couple of spots, right? Take Dwayne Haskins because you know, I, I take a look at the first couple of spots in the draft, whether it's a, whether it's an Arizona or an Oakland or, you know, or, um, or a San Francisco, they don't need quarterbacks. Um, now, obviously the situation with Oakland is a little shady. Nobody knows if uh, the, the Raiders plan on moving on from Derek Carr and that big contract, but I think it's very imperative for the giants to either stay put or move up, go get Dwayne Haskins. It's a very important thing. I kind of see Kyler Murray falling to the Miami dolphins I think that would be a nice fit. You throw him in a warm-weather scheme. He's a dynamic guy. You put him with a guy like Kenyon Drake in the backfield. They can run a really nice uh, RPO uh, together. They're both speed, dynamic guys. And, you know, uh, obviously Kyler's skill set would be able to fit in that, uh, in that type of a system. I actually have Kyler Murray going to Jacksonville. I, that would be a good pick My for him, too. Him. That would be a good pick for him, too. I, you know, I, I like the pairing with him and Fournette in the backfield. I think if you're going to take Kyler Murray uh, as the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously you're going to have to go out and, and uh, you know, find some receiving help for him because that core is, is pretty much uh, is pretty much D.D. Westbrook and, and uh, a bunch of guys right now. But, um, you know, throwing him in a warm weather scheme with uh, what is uh, still an elite defense would, would definitely be really helpful for a young guy. Yeah, we'll get to our draft mock draft in just a minute here, but um... – Let's also talk about some stuff about the Rams. I have some questions for three questions for you here. Do you mm-hmm. think Sean McVay receives a contract extension? Do you think Marcus Peters will receive a contract extension with Jared Goff and Akeem Tlaib? And do you see the Rams keeping Fowler, Sue, Saffold, and C.J. Anderson? So let me start with Sean McVay. Um, I think they would be stupid not to give him a contract extension. I don't, you know, don't 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 hold the Super Bowl over his head. Okay, the fact that. The, the simple fact of the matter is he's one of the gifted young head coaches in football. He's a great football coach, and you, you can't let a guy with this sort of football IQ and, and game planning ability walk. Now, obviously, even he admits he got out coached in the Super Bowl. I think we can all see that, but he's one of the brilliant young minds in the game. Um, let, let's touch on the players now. I think there's a couple of guys that I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit wary as, as far as signing uh, to a contract extension, and that would be, and that would be Marcus Peters and Indomitian Sue. Listen, they're both talented players. Nobody can deny that. But, but my problem with them is just simply the fact that they, 
this year, they seemed to just kind of show up whenever they felt like it, especially in Dominican Sue. I didn't really see him start to completely flip that switch for Sue until I would say maybe about like week, week 15, week 16. And then obviously he was great through the playoffs. But if I'm planning on signing a guy long-term, I want a guy that is going to go out there and give me a hundred percent every single day. And I just don't see that from guys like Sue and Peters. They take plays off. Uh, you know, Peters is a guy that, you know, is, is kind of a lazy tackler in the open field. He tends to kind of jog toward, uh, toward deep receivers. If a safety is covering it, if a safety is back in his area and a two deep safety zone, um, you know, th- those guys, I'd be a little bit wary. I would side more with Peters just cause he's younger. If I'm going to pick between the two, um, I definitely think that they should, uh, re-sign Dante Fowler, you know, give him a shot, give him a shot. Why not? You know, he's a first round draft pick for a reason. Um, you know, he, a former first round draft pick, excuse me for a reason. He's obviously got talent. He looked pretty good in the Super Bowl to me, applying pressure, uh, along with Donald and, and, uh, Sue up front. Um, I definitely re-signed CJ Anderson and I'm pretty sure that they have plans, uh, to go ahead and re-sign CJ Anderson, which I think would be great. He's a good power downhill runner to kind of combo along with Todd Gurley's, uh, speed and ability to catch passes out of the backfield. Yeah, and I think with the Rams this offseason, who I think they're going to extend and give the franchise tag to again, is safety LaMarcus Joyner. And do you even see the Rams keeping LaMarcus Joyner and giving them the franchise tag again? I think they should keep LaMarcus Joyner. I like LaMarcus Joyner. I think that he's a good, a good solid secondary player for them. Um, I, I think it's important to keep that secondary together, especially with the age of Tlaib. Um, you know, and, and the safety position is becoming incredibly important now in this league. Uh, you look at guys like uh, you look at guys like a Jamal Adams, for example. You know he's an impact safety. Um, a Landon Collins, obviously, when he's healthy. Uh, a Tyron Matthew, when he's healthy. These are guys that can not only go out in coverage over the middle of the field, but they can make tackles in the open field, both in the run game, and they have the ability to also rush the passer at times. Um, and Joiner is is a free flowing guy out in the open field. I really like his game, and um, you know I, I think it's important to keep your secondary together in a league that is so passing you know that is that really favors the passing game now and favors offense yeah i it is a passing league now but you you think joiner is going to stay with the rams do you I see think, the rams extending uh jared golf and akeem talib uh i'm a little shaky on talib um and and it's not because i don't like talib and it's not because i don't think that he's talented i i think you know when you take a look at the statistics with Talib and without Talib, this Rams offense, uh, defense, excuse me, is clearly better with Talib in the lineup. Over the regular season, when Talib was not playing, the Rams defense allowed upwards of about 30 points a game, and when he was playing, the Rams allowed around about 17. So obviously, he's an impact player, but I just take a look at the age. Um, that that's really my only factor. I think Jared Goff, you have to extend. Um, I, I still see growth potential from him um obviously he had a little bit of kind of a um, a rough last eight games of the season and then obviously that Super Bowl was just a was just an absolute clunker for him but there's growth potential there's clearly arm talent there to me he kind of compares I see him as like a Matt Ryan type of quarterback uh where you know he's he can make the throws he's he's a very accurate guy he you know around the same build they're somewhat mobile and he'll win you a lot of games and you know i think when you have a young quarterback like that who's clearly shown that he has the ability to perform at an mvp caliber level it's important to you know continue that that process of allowing him to grow cuz i do actually i do think that jared goff has the ability to be a special player 
Yeah, absolutely. But I also read an article that that McVay and Goff is going to are going to be something special for the L.A. Rams in the future. Don't you agree that the uh, Goff and Goff and McVay are going to be the next uh, quarterback to coach combo in the league? Oh, I do agree. I agree with you 100 percent. We talked about this last week as uh, with our um, our top five quarterback coach combos. I have them in my top five. Um, they're incredibly dynamic. I, I think that McVay, you know, right now, just because of the age and just because, you know, there's still obviously some growth that needs to be done with his game as far as, uh, you know, as far as his pocket presence is concerned, you know, uh, the, the, the timing ability with his, you know, with his throws and, and his ability to kind of just stay calm under pressure in the pocket and be able to stay in the pocket and make throws. There's some growth with Jared Goff and, and, you know, he's going to have to play off of McVay a little bit more for the next year or so while he learns that growth process. But, um, you know, I, I see them being able to compete for more NFC championship games and even Super Bowls for years to come. Absolutely. And then there's also a fake news story that I just read about Kirk Cousins coming to the Rams when Jared Goff's contract is up. You don't think Kirk Cousins is going to come to the Rams despite I, his relationship with McVay? No, 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 I do not. And I don't think it would be a smart move uh, for, for the Rams to bring in Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is uh, – you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Kirk Cousins is like a B-minus quarterback to me. To me, Kirk Cousins is kind of like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a good, solid quarterback. He's not bad. He can throw for some yards. He can win you some games. But it always seems to me in that, in that big moment game, that big standalone game, he always struggles. And, and I, can namely, I can namely remember the uh, – it was a – I believe it was a Sunday night football game against the – it was either Sunday night or Monday night football game when the uh, Vikings went on the road to play the Chicago Bears. And it was a very pivotal game for the Vikings season. And outside of uh, a couple of last-minute scrap points in the fourth quarter, Kirk Cousins completely flopped. He had two picks in that game. Um, you know, he, he couldn't make rhythm throws. He was completely disrupted by pressure. And he, I, I think he's one of the most overpaid quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask you that because there was an article that said that the Rams might choose Cousins over Goff, and you don't think Kirk Cousins is going to come to L.A. I don't know. his relationship oh. and knowledge – despite his uh, his good relationship and friendship with Sean McVay. No, absolutely not. And you, you can look at the, you can look at that relationship and take it as you will. Um, but the, the simple fact is, as far as a smart football move, that's just not the smart football move to make, especially because number one, I don't think I think Goff is more not only more talented than Kirk Cousins, but Goff still has to reach his ceiling. And number two, Kirk Cousins is to, like an average quarterback, and he's going to demand. But the problem is, is that because of his past contracts and the current contract that he is he has now, he's going to continue to demand a lot of money when that contract runs out. So it, it just to me, it doesn't make sense as far as uh, as far as the football move is concerned. Yeah, don't expect the don't don't expect the Rams to get Kirk Cousins because whoever wrote those articles, they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, no, clearly not. I think, I, I, honestly, I, I kind of just see that as pure speculation, just kind of stirring the airwaves up, which I know a lot of writers uh, sometimes like to do, but it's, 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 it's a completely false speculation. Don't, don't buy into that even 1% if you're a Rams fan. Yeah, I also follow the Rams as well as the Patriots, you know, like we talked about. But, but expect the Rams, even though Jared Goff has a 50-year option, 
uh, in his contract in his rookie deal. Expect the Rams to get to get the contract extension done with Mr. Goff before the 2019 season begins. I agree with you 100. percent And I hope that Jared Goff has the uh, the, the self awareness to to not make that extension too crazy. I say the same thing about a guy like a Dak Prescott. I'm only compare them as far as their contract is concerned. You know, you, you need to be able to have, obviously you want to get your money, but you need to be able to have that contract where while you're getting your money, you're also allowing your team to still have flexibility to build, you know, to build a roster and be able to sign pieces around you. So that way you can maintain that success. I just sent you that article on text. And I just said that this is fake news. Whoever wrote, whoever wrote that article. Yeah. I'm going to have to go ahead and check that out. Cause whatever, whatever this guy is getting at, I, I don't know where in the world this dude is is getting his information from, but th- that is just. Uh, I just that... don't know what the right, the right, what whoever wrote this is talking about because Jared Goff just had one bad game and it was the Super Bowl and he looked overwhelmed, he looked nervous. I knew I knew that was gonna be that was gonna be him when it, during the Super Bowl, but I think Jared Goff in 2019 is gonna learn from this and I think he's gonna have a even better and breakout year in 2019. Oh yeah, no, I agree with you. He's going to completely learn from this, and that's and, and you know, I, I sort of expected him to be shaky early in the game. I I thought maybe as the game went on that he would kind of settle in and get into a rhythm. But the problem was that they couldn't get their running game going, and you know they they kind of thrive off the play action pass as a team. So now you're expecting, uh, you know, a, a clearly overwhelmed and under pressure Jared Goff to have to stay back in the pocket and make more throws, and um, you know, he he just. He just couldn't make them, and that's completely okay. You know, he's twenty. He's what? What is he like? Twenty four. Right? He's around. He's a, he's he's older than me. He's a little older than me, so he's twenty four years old. Yeah, he's twenty four. So I mean, you know, you you know, as much as you can talk about how talented he is, he's a twenty four year old kid at his first Super Bowl. Give him a break. I, I think that this honestly, I, I'm kind of reading through this right now. I'm I'm skimming through it, and I think that the I think that the article. The the crux of the article is purely based off of the fact that Jared Goff had a bad Super Bowl and the fact that Kirk Cousins' contract runs out in two years, and they're making this whole link between McVay and Cousins' relationship and the fact that Goff had a bad Super Bowl. It's it's bad. It's fake news. Like it's terrible. And clearly, what I think this guy is doing is kind of just trying to get his name out there and stir up the buzz. And I, I guarantee you, somebody's probably going to end up talking about this on the radio show or something like that. But this is completely ridiculous. Just, you know, push this to the side if you're a Rams fan. This is this is unbelievable. Yeah. I, the one I – when you read it, you said that it's fake news and it's, this is not – this is – whoever wrote this doesn't know who he's talking about because you and I are on the same page as that Jared Goff is going to get a contract extension with the Rams before the 2019 season begins. Oh, he absolutely will. He hasn't even – Jared Goff has not even hit his ceiling yet. I get. I can 100% tell you that for a fact. He has not even hit his ceiling yet. He still has a couple of things to learn. Like I said, as far as you know, pocket presence goes, timely throws, not cracking under pressure, being able to stay stable in the pocket. He has not hit his ceiling. Jared Goff can clearly make all the throws. He's clearly got the arm talent. You know, he he can lead an offense. He's an incredibly smart, coachable kid. So if I'm the so if I'm the Los Angeles Rams. Why in the world would I trade a young talent, arm talented, coachable kid for an, an an overpaid guy who in his in big time situations has underperformed and go look at you know, go look at the big games last year, the you know, the, the, the Bears game on the road in particular in my mind, you know, rings a bell. Go look at go look at the stats from that game. He he threw for under two hundred yards. He had a, a 
maybe maybe like a little bit over 200. Somewhere in the range of about 175 to 215. He threw two big picks in that game, and he only got garbage points in the bottom in the late part of the fourth quarter with like three minutes left. He underperforms in big games, and he's going to demand a huge amount of money because of his past contracts. It would be a ridiculous and incredibly stupid decision for them to choose Kirk Cousins over Jared Goff. It just wouldn't make any sense. This is not going to make sense. I think all everybody who loves the Rams is going to enjoy is going to ignore whoever wrote this. And um, I, I could say this: Jared Goff started out being a bust in 2016 in his rookie year, and since then he's really lived up to his potential. And although he still has a couple things to work on, Jared Goff since since 2017 he's he's been a top quarterback in this league. He has, and you know, obviously, obviously the big thing that I point to with him struggling in in 2016 is a. You know, obviously the roster wasn't great, but, you know, Jeff Fisher was running a a high school offense in there, you know. And then the problem is, is that you take that and then you put McVay in there and, excuse me, all of a sudden now he's performing and people want to go. And this is one thing that I've read multiple times on the Internet. I obviously it's from uh, from Eagles fans who I I think are just uh, egregious with some of the things that they say sometimes is, you know, he's he's Sean McVay's puppet. No, 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 no. He was the number one draft pick for a reason. He's clearly got the talent to be able to play in this league. He's clearly got the arm talent. It's just that no good quarterback can succeed with a bad coach and a bad game plan. Look at Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was 2-4 and four with a 75 passer rating with Hugh Jackson. You throw in Freddie Kitchens in the offense, he's got a passer rating of over 100, and he's winning, and, and he has the, the, um, the Browns over 500 since that point. So it... Like, you can talk about McVay's puppet, quote-unquote, all you want, but coaching matters in this game. And as soon as John, uh, Sean McVay and Jared Goff got that relationship going, you started to see the potential that Jared Goff has in this league. And, you know, he has not hit his ceiling, and he should get a contract extension. And I think he's going to have the Rams competing for years and years to come. Oh, of course about that. And uh, even though Jared Goff has a fifth-year option on his current deal, um, expect the Rams to pick that up so that they could still have time to negotiate a long-term deal with Goff. I, I, yeah, they, they should. That would be the smart football move by them. And they're a, smart, they're a smart organization, so they'll be able to get it done. Yeah, I expect the Rams to get a contract extension done with Jared Goff. But that being said, so you expect the Rams to keep C.J. Anderson too? I do. Um, and I, I've read multiple reports that they plan on keeping C.J. Anderson. Um, I think it would be a smart move. For, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I talked about the contrast of styles. I love the idea of, you know, having a backfield that has that contrast. Your star guy, you know, he can catch passes out of the backfield. He's dynamic. He can run both between the trenches and, you know, he can stretch plays for home run plays. He's got incredible breakaway speed. And I love having that second guy as that contrast guy that, you know, C.J. Anderson is, is that, that third-and-one scrap guy that can run between the A-gap and push the tackles and get that first down. He's a bowling ball. You know, he can run over people. He's difficult to tackle in the open field. I love having that contrast. And, and the second reason is he, he was – and I, I think this, is, this was talked about a little bit during the Super Bowl. He's a, a good mentor to have. You know, he's been around this league. He's been on championship teams, obviously, with the Denver Broncos. And, you know, he, he can serve as a really, really nice mentor to a still very young – and I, I can't imagine he has any more room to grow because he's already the best running back in the NFL. But, and Todd Gurley. Know, 
and Todd Gurley, but you know, in, in whatever you know, whatever sort of advice you could give him to allow him to grow, not only as a football player, as a person, but as a person, I think would be absolutely fantastic for C.J. Anderson to bring. So I, I think they should re-sign him, and you're not going to get him on too expensive a, of a deal, which is great. I think if you could get him on maybe like a, uh, I, I would say my guess would be maybe a two-year, ten to twelve million dollar type of contract. I think that would be uh, a smart move for the Rams. Yeah, so that it's th- the Rams still have the money to give Jared Goff a contract extension because the, the Rams already made Aaron Donald the highest paid player on the team. Todd Gurley is already the highest paid running back on the team. So it's, the Rams still have plenty of room to do that. But now with that being said, talk about some early free agent targets for the Patriots and Rams and, and potentially your Giants. I expect the Rams to target Deshaun Jackson. And for the Patriots, I don't think they'll use the free agent market to, to, to like reload the roster. I think they'll resign. I believe that they're going to resign some of their own guys in free agency and use the draft to fill defensive needs. And for your Giants, uh, I think they're going to keep Landon Collins for sure. Well, they need to 100% keep Landon Collins. I think that, you know, like I talked about a couple of minutes ago, the safety position is becoming one of the most important positions on the defensive side of the ball. And, and Landon Collins is an all-pro. Uh, they need to go out and get him. Um, as far as the Rams are concerned, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and maybe try to get some offensive line help. Not that they don't already have a great offensive line. It's just that they got so brutally manhandled in, in the Super Bowl. that And I think in particular – is is in in that guard position in the guard position in between the tackles because they you know they had inside pressure all you know that that was pretty much just easy all day long coming from the New England Patriots um I think Deshaun Jackson would be a great fit um I I think a big free agency move for them isn't isn't a move that they're gonna make outside of the organization at all I think the biggest free agent move for them is is getting Cooper Cup healthy because that dude was missed by the L.A. Rams, not only in the Super Bowl, but throughout the rest of the season after he was hurt as a whole. He was a big part of that offense. Um, getting him back is certainly going to be important. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned last week, or it was either last week or a couple of weeks ago, the fact that the New England Patriots have 12 draft picks coming up in this, in this upcoming draft. So they're going to be able to retool on, uh, on both sides of the football through that process. And, you know, they're, they'll re-sign their guys. I think they'll, I think they'll end up re-signing Trey uh, – uh, extending Trey Flowers um, and and re-sign whoever they need to re-sign on that squad and keep it uh, the way that it is right now. Yeah, expect the Patriots to keep Chris Hogan and uh, Cardell Patterson. The reason why I want Deshaun Jackson on the Rams is so that Deshaun Jackson could be be an impact player for them on special teams. I know he likes to run back kicks and punts, and it also will put pressure off of Cooper Cup in his first year back after coming off that ACL injury. But let me tell you, Cooper Cup was missed last year, and uh, I think – Without without Cooper Cup, the Rams were looked a little lost offensively. They did. They did look a little lost offensively. And Cooper Cup is kind of like a how can I how can I make the best comparison? I would say that Cooper Cup for them is kind of like is sort of like a little bit of Ju- a little bit what Julian Edelman would do when the Patriots offense was you know a little more dynamic than what they were. He's a great route runner. He can get out in open space. He is great with short intermediate routes. He knows where he needs to be on the football field to be able to get open. Um, you know, he takes pressure off of a Brandon Cooks because he's more of just a straight deep threat. Um, and he takes pressure off of Robert Woods, obviously, to be able to free, uh, free flow, run his routes. And, you know, having him in the passing game and having 
um, you know, uh, linebackers and, and, you know, safeties come up in the box and draw attention to Cooper Cup in the passing game, allows for more running lanes for Todd Gurley. Getting hit, and he's uh, and on top of that, he's one of Jared Goff's favorite targets. So I, I you know, getting him back is going to be huge. And then adding Deshaun Jackson is just another weapon. He's a great speed guy. Um, that would be sort of like a Sammy Watkins type of move for me. But being able to add him with along with Cooks Woods and then getting cut back, like you said, it takes pressure off a cup. I love that point. And you know, it, it just adds to what's already a, a dynamic wide receiving core. Yeah, I think I think Deshaun Jackson wants to be in L.A. because he has a good relationship with McVay, and I could see Deshaun Jackson filling the void that Farrell Cooper left in special on the special teams department. Oh yeah, he's one of the best to ever do it, and you know this is this is coming from a Giants fan. Trust me, I, I've seen I've seen that dude burn people and you know us millions and millions of times. So. You yeah, know, especially so, the metal, the miracle in the Meadowlands game. I He's don't stop. Best. I'm gonna have to. I don't want to talk about it. I'm gonna have to stop you right there. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, but now uh, <laughs> offseason. But do you think, for the Patriots standpoint, do you think they're gonna keep Cardell Patterson and Chris Hogan? I like Chris Hogan. I think they should keep Chris Hogan. Um, I I, I would have liked to have seen him get a little more used, uh, in the playoffs. Um, I I kind of wonder whether there was something there. As far as that concern is concerned, whether he's hurt or not, um, I like Cordero Patterson simply because he adds another dynamic to the offense. He's a speed threat, um, and you know he's obviously a very valuable kick returner. But they like to, interestingly enough, they love to use him as a running back sometimes, whether that be directly out of the backfield or or on jet sweeps. They love to use him as a running back because of his dynamic cutback ability and his upfield speed. I think. The Patriots offense, you know, obviously I think that Gronk is going to retire. Um, so they're going to need to keep some sort of dynamic pieces. And, you know, maybe they go out and get a wide receiver in the draft, um, whether that be a Kelvin Harmon out of NC State or or uh, um, Nkeel Harry out of uh, out of Arizona State, whatever the case may on be. My, but... on, my draft, on my mock draft for the Patriots, I was going to mention that with the 32nd pick, I have my Patriots getting uh, Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama. Oh, good one. I actually like that one. That's a very good one. Um, I, I think they need to add a wide – I do think they need to add somebody. Um, but I do think keeping, you know, the core guys that you had, if you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, you know, obviously they're going to retool through the draft, but I do think that it would be a good thing for them to re-sign both Hogan and Patterson. Yeah, they should. And I, w- I think letting Philip Dorsett should be the right move because I think we – I think Dorsett is just kind of a – is a guy that can, could impress me in some games and some games he won't because he doesn't know how to make those catches. Yeah. He's kind of just a guy for me. Um, and I feel like just a guy doesn't really work for the Patriots offense. I think that one of the things that makes the Patriots offense special is the fact that you can, you can take whether it be a dynamic wide receiver or, you know, just a great route runner like a Julian Edelman. But as long as, they, you know, they know the playbook and, and they get to the right spot where Tom Brady can hit them, you know, and stride and make good throws. They're going to fit in the offense. And it, it just really seemed like that throughout his tender, uh, tenure, um, Dorsett never really fully fit. And, I, you know, I, I didn't I thought he was essentially a bust coming out of Indianapolis anyway. But, um, you know, I, I think it would be a smart move to let him go. It, it just didn't really seem like a good fit. And that happens sometimes. Yeah, absolutely on that. And also, let's predict some p- team needs for the Patriots and Rams. And for the Patriots, I see them uh, ha- adding some edge rush depth and also uh, and tight ends. 
And for the Rams, I see them uh, addressing the need of a outside linebacker, maybe safety, and maybe an interior offensive lineman. Yeah, I think they. I think the Rams. I'll start with the Rams. I do think they need an interior offensive lineman. Um, I think a linebacker would definitely help for them. Um, and for and I like your point about the safety as well, which is why I think they should um, they should re-sign Lamarcus Joyner. Um, and then for the Patriots, I think they need to go out. And also, I do want to add for the Rams, um, I, I do like Tyler Higby and I like Gerald Everett, but I wouldn't be shocked if they went out and maybe got a tight end in the draft. Um, not, not to say that, you know, they're going to go out and get the, the best tight end, but I think it would be important to add some depth. I like, like I said, I like Higby and Everett, but they're not super high impact tight ends on a consistent week to week basis. Um, and then as far as the Patriots are concerned, with Gronk's retirement, they absolutely need to go out and get a tight end 150%. Um, I think they need to go and get a wide receiver. And I think that, um, you know, they, they could go get some edge rush help, like you said. I think that would be good. Um, and, you know, it, obviously the Patriots have, like I said, they have 12 draft picks. They're going to be able to retool. Um, I think it would be important for them to – Maybe go out and get another lineman. I like the Patriots line as it is, but obviously you want to continue to add that depth and um, be able to to keep Tom Brady on his feet for as long as his tenures uh, his tenure remains. Yeah, and uh, the Patriots are getting back Isaiah Wynn, who missed the season, uh, another right a tackle that I'm very excited about, and because I know he and Sony Michelle are teammates, so they're going to get him back for sure. I'm 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 kind of open to keeping Trent Brown, but we'll see. I think I, I like Trent Brown a lot. He surprised me a lot. He was a guy that, um, you know, uh, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Chris Long said that Chris Long was asked about who his toughest matchup once was uh, from, you know, D line to O line. And he said Trent Brown. Um, and, you know, I was a little bit shocked by that. But then I went and kind of started to follow Trent Brown and I started to watch a little tape on him. And he's very, very talented as an offensive lineman. And, you know, obviously that offensive line for the Patriots really held up for them uh, throughout the playoffs. They had a little bit of pr- more pressure allowed during the Super Bowl. Um, obviously that Rams line is fantastic uh, defensively. But, um, you know, getting Isaiah Wynn back will be big. Um, we'll, we'll see how he does. I, I've heard a lot of good things about him. And, um, you know, that, that's going to be a really good addition. He's a first-round pick. So, uh, you know, didn't even play at all last year. He, I saw him playing the preseason before he told her his Achilles. I was thinking when we, when the Patriots got Isaiah, when I'm like, man, he's going to be a big part of our offensive line. Time to bench Marcus Cannon, put Isaiah win it right tackle. Yeah. He's going to be a good, he's going to be a good one. He's going to be a good one. And, um, you know, him and him and Trent Brown on the same offensive line is going to be exciting. So we'll see. Hopefully he's, you know, hopefully he'll, uh, you know, get back into the swing of things perfectly when, uh, you know, whenever he's healthy and when preseason comes around. I, I'm very excited for that addition for them. I'm excited to see uh, Isaiah win back. But I'm kind of thinking that even though I'm open to keeping Trent Brown, I changed my mind that I do believe the Patriots should keep Trent Brown, even though he's a Patriot. They should keep him. I, I think they should keep him too. I think, you know, uh, he, he, you know, came together with the continuity of that, uh, of that offensive line, and that's important to keep together. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, I, I would love to see what him and Isaiah win together look like on that offensive line. I think that would look great. Yeah, Trent Brown is a guy that has good size, but I, I, was, think, I was like, when he kept getting holding penalties and false starts, I'm like, dude, come on, what are you even thinking? 
But since he since he learned all that, he's turned out to be a, a key piece to that uh, offensive line to the Patriots. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a growth factor with offensive linemen, obviously. When they get older, you know, you kind of learn – um, you know, the ins and outs of, of the typical moves of defensive linemen, you learn how to move your feet better. You learn how to shift your hands better. You create better leverage um, on, on the offensive line. And, you know, once he started to learn those things and become more disciplined, he obviously showed what a, what a wonderfully talented kid that he is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for sure on that. But uh, now that being said, let's go on to your perspective and outlook the, and look what the, Giants have in store in the 2019 offseason. I obviously don't think they're going to draft a quarterback in, in this class. I, like we talked about in previous episodes, expect Eli Manning to remain the starting quarterback for the Giants for at least three or two to three more years. Um, well, if that happens, I have, I probably am going to drive up to East Rutherford and start a riot outside of MetLife Stadium. Um, you know, I love Eli Manning. He's dear to my heart, but for the love of God, if I have to deal with three more years of Eli Manning, I'm going to jump off of a bridge. I think it's important that they draft Dwayne Haskins. Um, he's the best quarterback in this draft. He's a, you know, a, a prototypical bill size guy. He can make all the throws. He's got good pocket awareness. Um, you know, I, I you got to put dynamic athletes with dynamic athletes. I'm not saying that he's, uh, uh, you know, a Kyler Murray level athlete. What I'm saying is, is that arm talent wise, he matches up well with a guy like an Odell Beckham, a Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, him and Evan Ingram would be a nice uh, tandem together. I, I've been saying it for the last couple of years. They need to get, especially this year, they need to get Evan Ingram more involved in the offense. And um, that'll obviously take some pressure off of Saquon Barkley. Um Offensive line is, is a need. Obviously, that's been a big thing, but it started to come together a little more cohesively once they got Jamon Brown. Um, I still think that they need to go out and maybe get another guard, maybe, uh, maybe go out and get a right tackle. Um, I think linebacker is a big one for them. They need to re-sign Landon Collins 150 billion percent. If they don't, that will be a huge problem. Uh, let's see. What I'm saying for the, about the Giants, I do believe – I expect the Giants to, to keep Landon Collins. Or if not, if they can't get a long-term deal now, they should just franchise him. Oh, they should. No, I mean, they have to keep him either way, whether you want to franchise him or you want to extend him. Um, you know, obviously the money, I think, is what's really going to be the concern here, uh, which really shouldn't be a problem because you're coming to the end of Eli Manning's contract. And then obviously when – you know, when I think and I hope that they draft Dwayne Haskins, he'll be on a rookie deal. So that's not going to take up a whole lot of cap space. Um, but, you know, it's it's important. Like like I've mentioned a couple of times now, the safety position is becoming a much more important uh, part of the defensive scheme uh, in football. So keeping him an all pro guy and, a, you know, a, a tackle machine and, and a big communicator on that defense is going to be really huge. Landon Collins has turned out to be a great leader for this Giants team. But in my latest mock draft for, the, for what I have right now, I have the Giants trading back at 13 and getting Christian Wilkins. Because I think the Giants need a couple of defensive linemen so that that defensive line could be strong again. Yeah, and, um, you know, I like the pieces that they have on the defensive line uh, right now as far as a, uh, you know, I like, BJ, I like BJ Hill a lot. Um, I think Lorenzo Carter has the chance to be a pretty good player. Um, obviously if Olivier Vernon is healthy, he can be good. Uh, to me, he, he didn't seem like he was fully healthy all year. And when he was playing, he was incredibly undisciplined. 
you know, he would, he would draw a lot of, you know, a lot of offside penalties. And, um, you know, I, I think obviously building a defensive line is incredibly important. I love Christian Wilkins, but for the love of God, I hope that does not happen that they trade back and get a, and, and get him big. And, and again, no disrespect to Christian Wilkins. Cause I think he's a fantastic player, but I just like, like, please, I'm praying. I can't have three more years of Eli Manning. I Why pray. can't you not have three more years of Eli Manning? Because Eli Manning can't make the deep down, downfield throws anymore. And he's obviously not mobile, so he's going to get sacked a lot, especially with the growing offensive line. He, you know, he's not mobile in the pocket whatsoever. And he seems incredibly conservative. Now, whether that's him or whether that's Pat Shermer, that, that's up for debate. But to me, what it seems like is he, he seems as though – it, he seems as though at this point of his career, because he's, I, I think he's starting to become conscious of the fact that his arm strength is not the same that it used to be earlier in his career. So now he's starting to compensate by going for those higher completion passes because he has the dynamic athletes, which is great. That's, that's all good and well when it's needed, but at the same time, you have to be able to take risks to win in this league. You have to be able to throw the ball deep downfield, especially when you have a dynamic receiver like Odell Beckham. And, you know, even Sterling Shepard can stretch the field. Evan Ingram is a dynamic deep threat over the middle as far as running up the seam is concerned. He's a red zone threat. And you have to be able to push the football down the field. And they just flat out could not do it on a consistent basis with Eli Manning. His time, his time is done. And I will be forever grateful to everything that Eli Manning has done for me as a Giants fan. But, like, my God, he's, he's done. Like, he's done. And it is what it is. Like, we got to all accept that. So you think it's this is the last year that Eli Manning is the starting quarterback for the Giants? I think it is the last year. And, you know, I, if they draft Dwayne Haskins, whether he plays a full season or not, uh, I, and I'm talking about Eli Manning, whether he plays a full season or not, I, I think this will end up being his last year as a New York Giants quarterback. Yeah, I think Eli Manning will end up retiring with the Giants. But you're saying you just don't want three – You, if he has three more years with the Giants, that means you would want to go to MetLife Stadium and – and start a riot. That is 100% what I am saying. And I think that a lot of Giants fans will jump on the bandwagon right there with me. It's just like, you know, like he's a hero for Giants fans. Like we get that. I have an Eli Manning Jersey. I, I have a signed Eli Manning poster. Like I love the guy. He's my idol, but like, holy crap, dude. Like you're like, you can't make the throws down the field. And you know, you're getting sat. You're a sack magnet at this point because you're completely immobile in the pocket. You refuse to push the ball down the field in any way. Okay, like okay, you completed around 68 percent of your passes this year. That's great. You threw for over 4,000 yards. That's great. If I gave you that as a blind re- as a blind resume, right? If I just threw those numbers in front of you that he had. 68 per, around a 68 percent completion percentage, 4,000 yards, about 25 or so touchdowns and 11 picks. You would look at that and say, okay, that's a good season. But then I throw you the numbers, five and 11. I throw you the attempts per um, yards per attempt, which I don't know the exact number, but they're probably not that high. He doesn't throw the ball consistently down the field. Um, you know, you look at the tape; he's just not getting it done. Like it, it just, and you have these pieces on offense that are so incredibly dynamic and it just seems like a stagnant thing, the same thing over and over again on offense. And there needs to be that push in the right direction. If you want to compete 
with the Eagles if you want to compete with the Dallas Cowboys in this division. It, it just You have to make a change. And I'm not saying that Dwayne Haskins is going to step in right away and lead them to 16-0 and 0 or you know 14-2 and 2 or 12-4. and 4. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, you can throw Dwayne Haskins in there and in the first year he's going to be the, you know, NFC Offensive Player of the Year. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that if you want to get the ball rolling in the right direction, there has to be a change of the guard to somebody younger and more and, and with better with younger dynamic arm talent because Eli is not that guy anymore. Yeah, and you can also remember when Eli Manning beat my Patriots in both Super Bowls 42 and 46 because of his, of his passing, you know, and everybody was saying, like, look, Eli Manning is elite back then. Oh, man, those were the days. Those were the days. And those were the days where he could make those throws. Um, you know, that, that Mario Manningham throw sticks out in my mind. And, you know, that, that was probably arguably, and, you know, this may sound biased because I'm a Giants fan, but that's probably one of the greatest throws that I've ever seen in the postseason. And obviously an unbelievable, amazing catch by Mario Manningham. But those days are long gone. Those days are long gone. And it's sad. And I wish I could relive that, but I can't. And those days are far behind me, and so is that arm talent from back then, and it's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame right now, but my final NFL thought today is that I'm, I just want a, a rematch in Super Bowl 54 between the Patriots and Rams, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to have in store for both the Patriots and Rams this offseason. I am as well, and my final NFL thought is, like I said, if the Giants do not draft a quarterback in this draft, I will lose my mind. Go get Dwayne Haskins, please. I'm begging you, Dave Gettleman. I'm begging you, Pat Shermer. I'm begging you, John. I'm begging the Mara family. Please, for the love of God, it is time. Go. You think it's-, it's time. Go change the guard right now. Like, go change the guard, please. Just do it. But you're saying is that you still think Eli Manning will be the starting quarterback for the Giants next, at least next season? Oh no, he probably will. I mean, even if they draft Dwayne Haskins, I, I, you know, I still think that, you know, you want to leave, you know, Dwayne Haskins, you know, at the backup quarterback position for at the minimum, I would say maybe 12 games, just because you want him to, you know, to learn the playbook, understand the lifestyle of the NFL, how to take care of your body, how to prepare on a week-to-week basis. You know, you still need to learn those things as a rookie quarterback, but, you know, anything past a year for me as far as Eli Manning starting for the Giants is concerned is just, like, completely out of the question. Like, just no. Yeah, I mean, uh, if the Giants were to get Dwayne Hassens, this could be the situation when, Patrick Mahomes came into the league and was an understudy for Alex Smith before the Chiefs moved on from Alex Smith. Yeah, and that would be um, – listen, that's a great situation. I love Eli Manning in that role because he's an experienced guy. And, you know, one thing that you can't – you know, one – obviously Eli has been around the block and he's won Super Bowls. But one thing that kind of sticks out about the mentoring side of, of Manning and Haskins that you're not going to get a lot of experience of from other quarterbacks – is playing in New York and playing in a big market, handling big market media and, you know, being able to go about that on a day-to-day basis. And he's going to be able to get that experience from Eli Manning and, and be able to watch how he handles the big pressure of playing in New York. And that's, that I think is huge. Darnold is Sam Darnold is another guy that's getting that exact tutelage from a guy like a Josh McCown. And I think that that's a thing that, you know, a lot of people don't get the ability to be able to learn. And that's huge for a young quarterback. Absolutely, but stay right here, Keith. When we come back, 
we will talk about MLB and preview the, the Diamondbacks and Rockies seasons.